Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Southwest Virginia Fishing Report with Matt Riley. How you doing, Matt? Doing great, Marvin. How are you? As always, just trying to stay out of trouble, and uh, as I always do, took a peek at your weather, and it's kind of not as bad as it has been, but it's kind of wet and kind of yucky in your neck of the woods for the next week to 10 days. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not going to be as fun as it, it has been. You know, we... We had some real nasty weather right there before Christmas, and then they got back up into the 50s, 60s, you know, touching 70 some days. We've had some cooler days, but, you know, for the most part, it's been pretty, pretty, I would say, unseasonably warm, um, which just makes those days where you have like a high of 37, you know, kind of shocking and, and not very much fun because we're not used to it. Um but that's what we're looking at for the next, probably through the weekend. And then we're getting, you know, the 10 day forecast is showing more, you know, highs in the upper forties and, and low fifties, um, a little bit more precipitation than we've had here recently, but, um, the, uh, the rivers are all running pretty, you know, pretty average, pretty healthy for, for the season. So we've, we've got a little bit of wiggle room on flows. You know, I don't think we're going to be, blown out anytime soon well that's good and so you know how does that translate to what you're seeing on the musky front um so means our water temperatures dropped a little bit in the last week or so you know with those warmer days we were you know again having fairly unseasonable water temperatures in the you know low to mid 40s in some places um which is is great you know they're they're a uh, a fish that that you know, can still be pretty active in low to mid 30 degree water temperatures, but, you know, warmer temperatures than that, um, I'll always take because they're, uh, they're cold blooded critters and they just move around and, and, uh, you know, process calories a little bit faster when they're, uh, a little bit warmer. So, um, that's all been good, but we have had, you know, with the cold front, they kind of pushed through, I guess it was Friday. Um, Thursday, we had like 60 degrees and, um, you know, dead calm for the most part. Friday, it was, you know, sustained 20 miles an hour with 40 mile an hour gusts and a high of 40, um, which, uh, um, unfortunately we, we put three muskies in the boat that day, which just means that you don't have an excuse to not fish a day like that. Um, but, uh, you know, things are, uh, things are starting to drop. We had several, several nights down in the twenties. And so we're starting to see, you know, 37, 38, 39 degree water temperatures, which, um, again, it's just, it's shocking to the fish too. You know, they're going to be a little bit slower um, on average there for a couple of days as they get used to that. But, uh, you know, like I said, they can still be fairly active and, and pretty dang cold water. So it's not a uh, doesn't mean they're going to sleep for good. We're still going to be catching some fish for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, there you go. And I got a question for you from Grant. And uh, he wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, strip cadence and kind of how it changes from kind of you know, at some point between now and probably the end of February, we're going to get two or three really cold weeks, probably kind of from there into the kind of the pre-spawn. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the big, the big thing there's just going to be water temperature, obviously. Um, you know, usually in January, we see our coldest water temps 
leading into the, you know, sometimes early February, it's staying in the, the low to mid thirties. Um, but February is usually the month where things start to change pretty quickly. You know, um, we start to get a, you know, some more of those 60, 70 degree days sometimes towards the end of the month. And the water temperature can change, you know, 10, 15 degrees over the course of that month. So, um, kind of, you know, almost goes without saying there, the, uh, the warmer, the water kind of the, on average, the faster you can move a fly. Now, when I, uh, I tell people, you know, when we're fishing or, or, uh, you know, instructing or whatever, you know, speed up your fly. That doesn't necessarily mean you, you always, you always still need to incorporate some kills and some pauses in there because that's what, you know, that's what a muskie is looking for. Um, as far as, a an opportunity to eat, they're always looking for a, a broadside shot. Um, so, you know, if you're on average speeding up your stripping cadence, um, you know, you still, you still need to work in some, you know, one, two, maybe three second pauses in there from time to time. Um, but you know, I should say too, you know, just because again, theoretically fish are, uh, you know, more apt to chase as the, as the water gets a little bit warmer from being kind of basement cold, um, doesn't necessarily mean that a fish can't move real, real quick and, 33 34 degree water either um those fish are long skinny ambush predators they can cover a long distance with with fairly minimal effort pretty quickly um and particularly i think in clearer water um they uh they tend to feel the need to close the distance pretty quickly because um without a little bit of stain and a little bit of cover you know they've they've just got to strike a little bit more deliberately so um you know i've got plenty of muskies in 33 34 degree water with like a two-hand burn um but at the same time usually the way i start fishing when it's that cold is you know slow cadence you know big strip couple second pause couple big strips you know three four second pause that kind of thing um and the benefit, you know, that kind of that kind of retrieve is is never a bad idea, musky fishing, because um, again, they're uh, generally a little bit easier to feed when they don't know you're there, and so if you can get them to eat away from the boat, it's always a good thing. And again, those those pauses and broadside shots are what they're looking for to eat. So the more of that you can give them away from the boat, the better. So. You know, sounds like a fairly simple answer, but in general, I would just say, you know, as the water warms up, you can certainly afford to speed things up a little bit, but just, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't forget to incorporate those kills and give them an opportunity to eat. Yeah, got it. And do you like, you know, in colder water, will you select a fly that will maybe hover a little bit more on the pause? Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, just, just like anything else, you know, if you're, fishing real real slow um and whenever you're fishing has a lot of weight to it you're going to be on the bottom constantly and one of the benefits of of a fly and i mean it's the reason why a lot of conventional gear guys are starting to pick up fly rods in the dead of winter is that you can fish a fly super super slow 
um, without getting it snagged on the bottom and without it just coming to rest totally lifeless on the bottom. Um, and flies have that, you know, bucktail and feathers have that ability to, to, you know, be just hanging in the, in the water column, um, unmanipulated by a human with a fly line and, uh, and still be moving really subtly. Um, so, so yeah, absolutely. You know, buoyant flies are, uh, are definitely a go-to that time of year. Got it. And you know, folks, we love questions on the articulate fly. You can email them to us. You can DM us on social media. And if we use your question, I will send you some articulate fly swag. We're going to drawing for something cool from Matt at the end of the season. And speaking of that, like we said last time, we're going to draw from all the people that got their questions answered in 2022. And uh, before I give you the name, Matt, you want to let folks know what the winner is going to get? Yeah, um, we're going to be giving away just a little kind of sample fly box of some of my uh, some of my you know kind of go to smallmouth bugs. Um, not not necessarily top water bugs, just flies. Um, and uh, you know some stickers and discount codes and stuff for the the rod company and the guide service as well. Yeah, very very cool. And I took all the names and put them in the Google random number generator. And the winner is Will Travis. And so Will, congratulations! And I'm going to pass your information along to uh, Matt, and he'll reach out and he'll hook you up. Sweet. I think I have it already. Yeah, I think you probably do. He's a frequent question asker. And uh, before, <laughs> yeah, before I let you go. You know, I know you've got even fewer days than you had the last time we spoke because you've been to the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival. You want to f- let folks know kind of what you have open on your guide calendar, how to reach out to you and all that kind of good stuff? Sure, yeah. Um, we uh, still probably have a few, very, very few musky dates left, you know, before kind of the middle of March. Um, but then we're looking at pre-spawn smallmouth, which I still have like two or three days for, um, handful of days in the remainder of the spring. And then, um, very, very few, like maybe a dozen total for the, the summer. So, uh, they're going quick, not a whole lot left. Um, and, uh, if you want in, just let me know. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. And folks, you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Matt. Thanks, Marvin.